think that's like the scary part. That's really the scary part of it. Yeah, I, it's like they can feel a complete different way than you do. Yeah, <laughs> you would have no idea sometimes. <laughs> this is the Hello 20s podcast. My name is Jan and I'm your host. I'm a corporate professional during the day, a digital content creator by night, and really just a 20-something year old trying to navigate life while sprinkling a little knowledge and wisdom here and there. Let's face it, we don't have it all figured out, but we can learn a little from each other along the way. And I'm so glad you are tuning in on today's episode. Hello, everyone. Juliana is here with us today. Um, So first off, Juliana, I just want to welcome you and say thank you for coming on. I'm so excited to talk to you. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so, so excited. And like, this is my first time. So I'm really, really excited. No, you're going to be great because I've heard you talk on your podcast and I mean, we talked several times or a few Mm -hmm. times and I was like, I didn't tell you this or maybe I have, but I don't remember. But I remember when I first talked to you, I was like, wow, this girl, like she thinks kind of like me and like the way that she goes about life is kind of like me and the way we view life is like almost the same. I just want her on my podcast so we can talk about things. And I think it's going to be a good episode. No, I completely agree. I thought the exact same thing. Like when we first FaceTimed, I was like, oh my God, she's like literally like somebody that I wish I had like a friend like that here where I live. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah, I was like, we have very, very similar mindsets. So I'm super mm-hmm. excited. And it's, I don't know, I think it's pretty refreshing to talk to you because it's like, we have, I think we get each other in many ways and it's just like okay there's someone out there who talk like thinks like me and then like we can bounce ideas back off each other and kind of go through life together you know no I agree completely okay so today I want to talk about practicing non-attachment and how that can be a good thing so I guess to start off how would you describe non-attachment I guess non-attachment to me is mostly being like not attached to a person but mostly to an experience I know for me it's like non-attachment is mostly like I'm gonna enjoy what it is now and like hold Mm -hmm. no expectations on how it should make me feel or what what I should get out of it it's mostly just being in the now that's Mm -hmm. how I see it definitely I think it's definitely hard because like we're always in a situation whether it's with someone or a goal or whatever we always have some type of expectation Mm -hmm. and that's like our ideal expectation of how we would like things to go and so we hold on to it so tightly that we don't even see that like if you hold on to it so tightly the end result so tightly that it's not even here yet you could be like kind of messing it up you know and spoiling um the moments that are happening, the good moments that are happening around you. And I think for me, non-attachment is definitely not holding to any outcome, like you said, and any expectation, which is so hard because like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm kind of an idealist. I have like things that are like, this would be so perfect. It would, if it was like this way and stuff like that. But it's definitely something that I've have been trying to learn and trying to practice. And it's definitely hard too. No, yeah. And I think it's in a lot of things. It's in like career choices. It's in relationships. There's a lot of things that we hold really high expectations for, like in the process, like you said, like in the process and you're like, oh, it'd be really cool once I get this job or like once I start dating this person and then all of a sudden it's not the way that you want it to go. And you're like, yeah, 
really, really upset <laughs> because you held on to these expectations. And that's completely normal. That's like just in our human behavior. But it definitely is hard to go through that stage. You know, we all know that everything in life changes, right? So the expectations you have now, like there's so many things that come into like play and factor in that you don't even first, like you don't even see. So the expectations you hold on to now, most of the time it just doesn't happen, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And if you, <laughs> I feel like if you hold on to it so tightly, you're going to be so disappointed. And we want to try to avoid disappointment at this point in our life, right? Definitely, definitely. Um, I actually recently was like kind of like going into non-attachment and things like that. Um, when I was in college, I really wanted to be a recruiter. And mm-hmm. because wait, um, really? Yeah, because I don't know like- why. Let me just tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so there was like, you know, there's commission involved. There's mm-hmm. um, which I really liked, I think, because my first job, I made tips. Um, yeah. So I really liked that I had like base pay plus commission. And so I really wanted to be a recruiter. And I was like, oh, I'm good at talking to people, like, whatever. I think I'll be good at this. And then that's when recently, you know, I told you I had a couple of interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was rec- I was interviewing to be a recruiter. And I was like, wow, this is like what I wanted to do um, in college. But like you said, you know, we're always changing, like, what we want to do. Um, yeah. So that wasn't really what I wanted to do after college, like, now and this year. But it's all what I wanted throughout college so I was like oh like I'm so excited like I'm about to go through the interview process and as I was going through the interview process I went through two of them and then I was just like uh you know what this is not for me like I don't want to do this and I actually thought I was going to get the third interview and I didn't um so I actually got like a, a letter I mean an email it's like oh like thank you for applying but like other candidates whatever and I was like I hate those emails (laughs) because at first I was like even like after that second interview I was like I don't want this job like I was just thinking I was like there's I just like it's not what I want anymore Mm -hmm. but then when I got that rejection letter I was like what the heck (laughs) (laughs) it's like you in the first place I'm like I was about to reply like I don't want you guys either. I was like, like, what the heck? And I think um, it just like hit me because I was so attached to being a a recruiter when I was um, in college that Mm -hmm. when I got the reject, I was like, there's no way. (laughs) But I was just like, but then I remembered because I just think also what I think is really big with non-attachment is. Um, holding on to like this belief like a deep fulfillment that like everything happens for a reason and there's something way better for you Mm -hmm. and so that's when I was like once I I, once I did get that like email I was like what the heck but at the same time I was just like you know what like I have such a like deep fulfillment that I think that like this just wasn't the career for me Mm -hmm. um but it definitely stung a little bit. And I was like, <laughs> like, what do you mean? You sent this to the wrong person. <laughs> I love that. That's how I feel every time I get a rejection letter. I know, don't hurt. <laughs> I was um I was I was reading around and I was also listening. And you know, some people may say, like, you know, if you have non-attachment to your goals, does that mean like you're not really into your goal? You're not really going after your goal. And then what I've heard is that having non-attachment is not not having goals and not going after them, but it's not having those goals own you, you know? Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And I think that that's kind of the way I see it. But to flip it a little bit, like in relationships, when they say like, um, 
you know, if you're not, if you hold yourself to like non-attachment, how do you go about like even talking to someone or going through like the dating stage if you're just like, oh, I don't care. Like, you know, like whatever. (laughs) And I don't think it's that at all. I think like for me, I've had a couple of those like dating stages where I'm like, you know, I really like this person. But at the same time, I'm not like, um, I'm not thinking like I'm also being like really involved. Like I said, like I'm really attached to the experience that is Mm -hmm. happening now, but not so much in what's going to happen or how I want it to play out. Like, of course, I would want it to play out in like the best way possible, but I don't want to hold people to those expectations because people change their mind all the time. And I think the most most important thing to like come to terms with is like nobody belongs to me like they're they're them and like I'm me and I belong to no one they belong to no one like I only belong to myself and Mm -hmm. I think that that's really what I always like remember especially like in the dating like scene when they choose to like you know go like choose someone else or maybe like ghost you or whatever it's like really hard to not be like oh what the hell like you know it's really hard to not get hurt about it but at the same time I'm just like you know that person is their own person and I'm my own person and it was an experience that we both lived through and it's just it it is what it is yeah and actually I was gonna get into that but since we're talking on it I uh talking about it I I guess I'll just bring it up I remember you mentioned like whenever you enter um like the dating situation right you always go Mm -hmm. in with high intention but low expectation is that what you said I'm trying Mm -hmm. to like remember Mm -hmm. um so I guess like it's very natural for us to whenever we meet somebody and we click and it's like oh my gosh I like I want to get to know this person even more and then you like Mm kind of want more of them you know what I mean Um, Mm -hmm. and really get eager about them but how do you practice not I guess having those expectations and not having those attachments so early on no yeah I feel like early on is when we get them the most (laughs) no yeah and I think it all just goes back to like having just a deep fulfillment that if it if it works it works Mm -hmm. and if it crashes it crashes like I'm not gonna you know just hold these really high expectations but at first I do think it's definitely the hardest because that's when you get like all the butterflies and then you get kind of scared because you're just like well damn are they gonna leave me too (laughs) (laughs) but um but I think that at first it is the scariest because you're just like I don't even know if I'm wasting my time um but I just feel like if you go into the experience with high intention like you just give it your all and just it'll work out the way that it's supposed to. I think just having that really strong belief that it'll work out the way it's supposed to is what's kept me like being able to go through my like dating relationships that way. Definitely. I think this year I have definitely learned that where it's just like I've had, I don't know if I would say expectations, but I've had ideas of like, oh, it pretty much may turn out this way like mm-hmm. in a good way in my mm-hmm. and then it just doesn't and I'm just like damn I just wasted several months yes <laughs> I know, <laughs> I, know. I think um, just over the last few years I've just learned you know um even though things didn't work out with the last guy, the mm. next guy that came along was a little better than the last <laughs> one. So. No, exactly. And I think that they teach you a lot too, because I feel like the worst one, I feel like everyone or 
um, if you haven't, you probably will have this experience, but everyone kind of has that one person that they kind of like turn their life to be like in like, I don't know, just do everything the way like in favor of their life. Like you just do things that they would want to do or you kind of alter your schedule to fit their schedule. And like you're you just so infatuated by this person and then it kind of like crashes and burns and you like you don't know what to do. And I feel like yeah. that's when, when I had that experience and I had that experience in my late teens. So like not in my 20s, I was 19. So mm-hmm. I feel like now in my 20s, I still go through the dating stage the same way, like low, um, low intent, um, low attachment, high intentions. Mm-hmm. But I don't in my teens is when I last experienced it. I wouldn't know how it goes when you're already like in a long relationship but mm-hmm. when I was a teenager I was and I was 19 I was just like dang I really did like my whole life like I did everything like though because I thought that it would be like us in the end you know so I just yeah. kind of pl- like planned out our whole life and like <laughs> lived <laughs> my life that way just mm-hmm. for it to like crash and burn and then once it crashes and burns you're just like well now what and I feel like yeah. that's the experience that kind of made me like go into all of that with like not setting expectations for people because that's how you will be let down definitely definitely and it's definitely hard to practice that because um I guess in some ways like when you get attached to people you think that they're gonna stay in your life long term Mm -hmm. and I think at least we all hope that whoever we bond with we always like expect or hope that they'll be there for the rest of our life in some way shape mm-hmm. or form you know you wouldn't have any um breakouts breakouts is that the right word like <laughs> breakdowns I guess like you w- break off you wouldn't have any mm-hmm. breakoffs um but you just never know in life and uh, yeah I think that's like the scary part that's really the scary part of it yeah I, it's like they can feel a complete different way than you do yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would have no idea sometimes <laughs> trust me I know (laughs) (laughs) so how do you practice like like I know you said like you just having this fulfillment of you know knowing that at the end things are going to work out your way um but how do you how did you start practicing non-attachment and also just reassuring yourself that things are going to be better I think it all started with this one book that I read after that whole experience oh my god let me bring it quick intermission so i have (laughs) this book this is literally the book that i read right after it's called choosing me before we every woman's guide to life and love so this is what i read literally right after that experience that i was telling you about Mm -hmm. and it has like little prompts um let me open one up it has a bunch of little prompts of like asking yourself questions. It's like a whole thing. And like see right here, it'll say like lie versus true. Like, I don't know. It's just such a good book. And it's like a kind of like a self-development book, but in relationships. And I feel like reading this book is what gave me like kind of like the insight and like the knowledge on how to go about it and how it's always like me before anyone else or me before any relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know you mentioned how like practicing non-attachment is not selfish and it's not bitter. Do you want to just go a little bit in depth into that? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I know a lot of people like would really think like, you know, like 
it, it's like that attitude where it's like, oh, you don't care about anything or I don't care about love. I don't care about like my career. It's kind of like this, like if you're kind of bitter, but I think mm-hmm. it's actually like the complete opposite. I kind of see it as like loving yourself so much that you always prioritize yourself in a sense and like not getting attached to things because I feel like when you do get attached to things, it just leads to codependency. Mm-hmm. And once you go into codependency, then it's like you always need things, people, careers to kind of keep you going and like have effect on your happiness. And when you go into codependency, you can't like be happy for yourself or who you are and like things like that. So yeah. I feel like that's super important is realizing that once you practice non-attachment, it's for your greater good. It's for mm-hmm. like just being for you. And, like, not expecting other people to, like, play a role in your happiness. You know, I like how you mentioned that um, and how you brought up codependency because I guess this year um, and in 2020, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of people lost their job or Mm -hmm. they have been laid off. And so many people attached themselves to their career. Mm -hmm. So it's like you lose your career. Who are you? Exactly. They had like an identity crisis. And it's also kind of like those um, couples, some like an uh, individual in a couple where they're so attached to um, their partner. And I'm not saying it's like a bad thing to like be with your partner all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. There's, I think there's a difference between spending a lot of time with your partner and being attached to your partner Definitely. for like, almost your identity that when you break up, like, what what they're confused like they don't know who they are you know Mm -hmm. and going through that is hard I bet (laughs) no yeah definitely and I'm I couldn't imagine going through that but I definitely agree especially with careers is that Mm -hmm. a lot of people do hold their identity to their career I know I have this one friend who did who does real estate and he um he also like went through a little patch of like not selling it was a couple years ago but he was on a high and then he reached like a really low point in real estate Mm -hmm. and real estate is literally all he like talks and breathes and like you know (laughs) so it yeah no I completely agree and I'm just like he also went through like an identity crisis of, like okay if I don't do real estate then like what am I supposed to do who, who yeah. am I and I think that that's why it's so important like so so important to practice non-attachment because then you get attached to things and then once they're gone because we don't have control over anything but our literally ourselves so once they're gone you don't know what to what to do exactly and it's it's not about you not caring about your career or you're not you not caring about somebody um that's in your life or you know all of that it's more the fact that you don't solely identify your own identity to that Mm -hmm. you know that you are Mm -hmm. more than just that identity I completely agree all right so I want to bring up um something you talked about in one of your episodes where you said um it's important to put yourself on a pedestal. And what I think is interesting about this topic is that some may view that quote as like, oh, you know, that's just, you know, being selfish. Um, But what are your thoughts on that? I can see how people would think that it's selfish. Like you're kind of like putting yourself above all else in a sense. Yeah. (laughs) No, yeah, I definitely see that. But I just feel like, like I mentioned earlier, the only person that I have control over or that I can rely on and trust on is literally myself. And then I also like in creating a world that's like for me, because I've been in a position where like I've 
created a world because I thought it would be with someone else or like I created a world because of like I thought I would have this career and like they've just vanished like before my eyes I think it's super important to put yourself on the pedestal and what like your goals are like what your dreams are to always put those on top of anything else because literally it's the only thing that you have control over one of the most important things I've learned about putting myself first this year is learning how to put down boundaries um Mm -hmm. and that's so much easier said than done because I think with some people in my life I can easily be like no I'm not doing that (laughs) or like you know I'm not gonna see you more than once a month and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but with certain people it's a little harder especially for me to say no to them because of who they are to me or Mm -hmm. um, just the relationship I have with them Um, I guess one really light example of this is my friend and I used to babysit this family and we were really close with the family But for some reason, it was just so hard for the both of us to say no to the mother whenever she asked (laughs) us to do something that is like not really what a babysitter should be doing. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking back to all the things that she's asked us to do. I was just like, okay, this is like not normal. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just like I we were talking about this the other day and then she was she was talking to her boyfriend about it and her boyfriend was like why don't you just say no to the mother and then she was like do you not know like it is so hard to say no to this mother and then she talked to me about it and I was like yeah it's just so hard to say no to her whenever she asked you to do a favor for her and stuff and so I think it's just really important to set some boundaries um because even though like we said yes, like inside we were just not happy doing what we were doing, you know? So Yeah, I think with setting ba- boundaries, um, so for me, I usually like, even in the workplace that you really have to set some boundaries because sometimes, yes. yeah, <laughs> they will take advantage of you. And I think for me, I know a while ago, I had wrote down like these boundaries that I had, um, like with respect and like respect of my time, um, just a lot of things that I value and like what I, where I set a boundary. And I think mm-hmm. it's important to like, when you're feeling like someone may be overstepping or someone may be, you know trying to take advantage of you I think it's important to like reread the boundaries that you set for yourself so you can be like you know this isn't aligning with like how I put myself on a pedestal like I said I would you know only work for someone who you know either whatever it was like prioritize family or like is understanding or doesn't you know whatever it is like it's important to like look back at what you wrote because that's truly truly what you want because in the Mm -hmm. moment it's so easy to say like okay yes okay yeah I'll do it like it's so easy to get caught up in it especially when it's like depends on who you're talking to like there's just some people that you can't say no to um but I think it's important (laughs) it's so important to write down your boundaries and with people whatever um situation it is so important to write down your boundaries because you can always go back on it and be like this is what I wrote because this is what I want this is how I want to be treated this is how I go about this relationship or this job like this is how this is what I expect out of it Mm -hmm. so I think it's super important to like set really really set those boundaries definitely and so what are your uh favorite books that you've read to help I guess like self-development books. What are some of your favorite self-development books that have helped you? Hmm, Self-development book with like putting myself on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've read too many 
books on it, but I am obsessed with like YouTube videos. Um, so oh, you watch? Let me yeah. know. No, I know we had talked about how we watched Isabel Palacios. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is definitely, definitely one of my favorite um, content creators when it comes to like putting yourself first, holding yourself on a high pedestal, being like a high value woman. I love, love, love her videos. Like they're so calm. You kind of remind me of her. Um, she is like she does like uh manifestation videos as well. She also just mm-hmm. recently did like a collab with Lior Alexandra. Yeah. No, yeah, I was she... saying you kind of remind me of oh, her. Oh, I said remind me of her. Oh yeah. No, I <laughs> oh, was really? like Yeah, you kind of oh, remind God. me of her. That's a nice yeah. yeah. I, I think I it's love... like your personality. Oh, really? I'm like obsessed mm-hmm. with her. I was like, I love a lot of her videos. She talks about confidence. She talks about I guess for me, like I love reading, but it, it can be really time consuming. So um, for me, like when I'm getting ready or when I'm driving, I usually put on like YouTube videos and I am like obsessed with her channel. She has so, so many good videos and so many great ways to like practice, like putting yourself first. So Mm -hmm. I would definitely say she's like one of my bigger role models in that sense um, because she gives like amazing, amazing advice and tips. I remember, I think it was around summer when I kind of like discovered her, I was like, wait, her, I think I was subscribed to her, but I just never watched her videos Mm -hmm. for some reason. And then I think it was around summer when her video started to like pop up, um, in my explore page. And I was like, wait, her videos are actually kind of good and so and they're kind of long so they're kind of like a podcast to me I just yeah. want to play yeah that's the thing is like I, that's why I always listen to her videos when I do my makeup or like when I'm driving because like that's mm-hmm. when you kind of because I guess like it's kind of harder I, I know for some people self-development um kind of feels like a chore sometimes <laughs> <laughs> like to read about it and to do it can feel like yeah. a chore um but I it was definitely in that little time frame from 19 to about I would say now 22 years old where I was trying to you know just be like more confident because you know you go through like I said I went through a relationship that really like just like lost all my confidence all my self-esteem like you know just mm-hmm. everything so I was just like um and yeah self-development can kind of feel like a chore so it was easy for me to put on her YouTube video like when I did my makeup or when I was driving because that's when like sometimes when I'm like doing my makeup I put like random random stuff on YouTube so I was like (laughs) I might as well put something that might help me so I would look up her videos um because I never watched them like right after work like the last thing I want to do is watch like you know how to someone telling you what to do exactly that's the last thing I want to do <laughs> so I'm like I just want to watch a movie or something you know mm-hmm. so that's how I was like you know what if I'm just going to be doing my makeup I might as well have something playing in the background that might help me then I started watching her videos and I was like oh my god she actually gives like really good advice I love the way she carries herself and then I just started yeah. listening to more and more of her videos and yeah I think that she's probably like the one person that kind of brought me that mentality because she has amazing videos I agree I yeah there are some of her videos where I was like wait I need to like listen to this especially I think there was like this one time where I just felt so stuck at my work and Mm -hmm. I just like needed to listen to something to make me feel a little bit better and I remember like I clearly remember there was one video that I watched of hers I was like wait I, I I need to like come back to this whenever I feel low about myself mm-hmm. or about where I am in life and mm-hmm. yeah so she's definitely someone I watch as well yeah she's got to be like in my top favorites as of books I think the only one I read was this one which was the choosing me before we by uh-huh. Christine Arilo and then I know she mentioned she also changed her last name 
because like it was attached to first her um her husband and then her her father so she actually like completely changed her name to be like only (laughs) identified as herself um so it's super interesting I really really like this book I haven't read it since I picked it up when I was 19 so (laughs) was um, it like a random book you found or was it like recommended to you no I literally looked it up I was like because I was so heartbroken I was like I literally just looked up books like that'll help me get over it (laughs) well good thing that book came into your life no yes I I know I'm gonna have to reread it but I I remember she talks about like her divorce and how she felt because it was such a like random divorce not random but like they were together for like eight years and then they ended up like I think he cheated or something I forgot but it's such such a good book I remember doing all the proms crying and stuff but (laughs) 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 but it's honestly I laugh now but it was (laughs) it really listen you gotta dig through that dirt in order to have like plant the seed right no exactly that's why like the process is kind of ugly like (laughs) to get yourself to like you know prioritize yourself and to really set boundaries and things like that like the process is kind of ugly so like because you really you do have to like dig deep into yourself and kind of get all that out so mm-hmm. I really recommend this book it's such a good and book. it takes a while again. too like it's not a one week one month thing oh definitely yeah I think for me I didn't start feeling like confident and things like that until this happened when I was 19 and it probably wasn't until honestly when I was 21 so like yeah like it came like it it grew a little bit like over time but Mm -hmm. I was definitely still struggling like even like throughout the years that those two years I definitely had like struggle moments so it definitely is a journey for sure and I think that's like one of the most important thing anyone can take away when it comes to any type of self-development or any development of any sort is that it's gonna be good for like maybe the first week the first mm-hmm. month and then you'll have like that little dip of like oh my gosh am I back at like square one again and then you mm-hmm. feel like all that work that you got you done to get to get yourself to where you were was all wasted because now you feel like you're mm-hmm. back at square one but really you're it's not wasted it's just you got to keep on trucking it through yeah no it's literally part of the process because you're on such a big high like when I first got this book I was like hell yeah like I really liked it <laughs> like, and then like I kept falling like low and I was like you know this isn't working like I, I guess I just wanted like an instant fix um to feel we all so want low. that yeah I'm like I just want to be okay like mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I think that that's like definitely like what hits is like you're on this high and you're like you know this book really resonates with me like I love the prompts I love everything about it and then later on you're just like you hit like a really low point you're like damn like what did I even like learn about it like I I wrote all these things and I'm not even practicing them anymore and like yeah it's definitely a whole whole journey Mm -hmm. definitely well I want to end it with one um, last question and what is your like motto for this new year my motto for this new year that's a Mm -hmm. really good question and I was literally just thinking about it and I um when I had this last interview that's how I was so like I was thinking like it was mostly to just stay true to myself and Mm -hmm. I think the reason why I say this is because like I just mentioned like this last interview with like recruiting so I since I was like in the 
business academy when I was in high school and then I did like um, college I did like business and a bunch of stuff like I know a lot about interviews and a lot about being the person they want me to be yeah and so um, I've honestly honestly have gotten like every job that I applied for before this recruiting job and Mm -hmm. I think that it's because I'm so good at knowing what they want and knowing what they want to hear and being the person they want me to be and so when I was doing this recruiting job I like I I went after it because it's what I wanted before but at the same time I the other half of me was like I don't know I don't really want this but I was like I'm gonna try it anyways and so usually I spend like so much time like researching the company and like mock interviews I spend so much time like when I'm trying to get a job and like being the person that they want want me to be and I was like you know what I think this time I'm just gonna like literally just be myself and like see if this is really like for me mm-hmm. and so I got the first interview and then yeah I did the second interview and then I ended up not getting it and I remember them telling me in the second interview they were like um you seem like really creative like this job has like is not creative at all like (laughs) like how do you think that you would go about it like is it something you need and like things like that and when she asked me that I was like damn like I actually do have like a really big creative side like I love to like do even aside from like podcasting and make and like the marketing that's also creative but like in my free time I like to like draw now and I like to do a lot of things so I'm just like do I and she's like oh you're also like doing a lot of cold calling and like just a lot of things that just did not sound fun to me at all and let me so, tell you cold calling is not fun I've done it and it's just like mm, no no exactly I feel like I'm gonna like uh, I don't know I'd rather like eat glass but I was like <laughs> but I was like you know what like when she told me that I like kind of paused and I was like no you're right like I don't think I can do this and that's why like right after the job that interview I was like yeah I don't want this um so I think that that's the biggest thing for 2021 is that I really really want to stay true to myself because mm-hmm. in the past interviews I would always I knew what they wanted I knew what they wanted to hear I knew who they wanted me to be so I would play that mm-hmm. um and I think that this year that's going to be the biggest thing is to just like stay true to who I am and I think mm-hmm. that by doing that I'll get the opportunities that are meant for me I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us and recording this so that I can share it with everyone. Um, I'm going to leave all your information in the description so that they can connect with you. And also, Juliana has a podcast. You want to just do a little plug-in for that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm the host of Her Way with Juliana. So we do talk about personal development, career, relationships, education on there. Um, I just finished season one but I am currently I'm filming for season two so I am mm-hmm. super excited and I'm so so thankful to be on hello 20s I love um your podcast I listen to it oh, all wow. the time I'm always like is it Friday yet but, <laughs> 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 but yeah and the guests that you bring on so I'm so so thankful to be one of them thank you well I love your podcast as well I like I told you like when I listened to it I was like oh my god like this girl is just me in another <laughs> form in California <laughs> exactly thank you so much for having me thank you so much for coming 
Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Hello 20s. Let's get connected and continue our conversation over on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The links are in the show notes, so you're only one click away. I hope to see you there, and I'll talk to you guys in my next episode.